welcome survivors, burnout community, and those just interested. It's Kelly Bubolt's owner, trainer, and burnout prevention mentor at KB Training Connections. Burnout is not taboo. It's our reality in this fast-paced society. But we are not going to let it drive the narrative to our stories. We're going to do something about it. So let's dig in. So I appreciate Barb for being on the show today. Me and Barb actually connected through her podcast, and I I just thought her episodes were so impactful. And she uses a tool that's a little bit more analytical. And I come from manufacturing, and I work a lot with technical minds and engineers. So some of this feelings talks and the emotional talks around burnout are just not in alignment with these type of personalities. And it's completely understandable when they want proof, right? They want numbers, they want um, credibility, they want to see the results. So when I came across Barb's podcast, she was talking about this heart math. And it was just so interesting that there's an actual data point that we can put to some of these stress factors and start digging in. So me and Barb talked a few times and wow, just like all of you, she has a story. So I guess, Barb, let's start there. I mean, what's your story and how do you even get into this? So I had a long career as a provincial. I live in Canada, civil servant, and it was at a senior level and I was experiencing stress. And stress was showing up in my body via my jaw. I was grinding my teeth. So I toddled off to the dentist and they promptly gave me a mouth guard and said, that's going to fix the problem. And I left. And before you knew it, I was back for number two. Because number one had been, I'd been successful in grinding my way through it. Fast forward number three, because number two was was no longer effective. And they sent me on my way. And before you knew it, number three was actually um, no longer useful. And so when I went back, they said to me, okay, so the next step in this journey is for us to send you to another province to break your jaw and wire it shut. And so for me... That meant, you know, I was going to spend six weeks um, drinking from a straw. And I thought, hmm, you know, this is, I need to take some personal responsibility for what's happening to me. And so thus began my journey. I didn't have my jaw broken (laughs) and I don't grind my teeth. Um, but it's been a journey. I've had to learn tools and tricks to actually uh, alleviate that. Yeah. So how did you stumble upon this heart math tool? And, and maybe give us some background around it, too, because it's just something that, you know, being in HR for 16 years, I haven't even heard of. And it is a great tool for, like mm-hmm. I said, those, those analytical thinkers that want to see progress. So. I do other kinds of healing work and and venture down those paths. I'm a Reiki master and do healing touch. But at the same time, I knew that whatever I was going to be passionate about to actually work for me, I probably needed to tell the story 
so that others might be excited as well. And I knew that the circles I cap were people who had that analytical mind. I was in the healthcare business. And so that's the kind of thinking they have. Show me the proof that these tools actually work. And so when I stumbled across HeartMath, I found out that it had decades of research done at various universities around the world, including Harvard and others. And that was evidence to me that this tool was going to be helpful. The second element of that was that it had a biofeedback tool that allowed you to clip the device to your earlobe and see what your heart rate variability was. So for those people who wonder whether I'm being successful in my practice, they could now see evidence of what was happening. The most valuable exercise with the the tool is that sometimes we think we're doing better than we really are. And that evidence shows itself. Oh, that's that hits the mark right there. Sometimes we think that, oh, we're we are progressing and things are getting better, but internally it's not. And it's because we're maybe addressing the wrong factors, we're addressing too many factors at once. So internally, those body sensations and rhythms are still happening. It's just we're we're almost shoving them to the side because we're doing a different action. We're just assuming everything is fixed. And so that actual biological monitor that's basically on you is telling the real story of what's going on you with you. And I mean, you had a more physical symptom. I obviously have talked about my story with the physical symptoms and almost being at a heart attack at age 35. So I, I wonder what my heart math would have been at that point. But what was interesting is when me and Barb were talking about this tool is how it can really get to main root causes instead of this guessing guessing game. Can you talk a little bit more, Barb, about how you do that in coaching? How do you find out what to address out of everything and all the different contributors of burnout? How, how do you focus on one or two things? I would say that we haven't, as a society, talked a lot about emotions and emotional self-regulation primarily because emotions are messy and it's easier to stick to the things we know, the physical side of burnout, how it's manifesting. Just like when I was going to the dentist, when we have to dig into what could possibly be the root causes, then it's a journey inward. And that's a little harder for people. What I found is that when they have skilled up with some of the tools, one of them in particular is called the quick coherence. And what that tool does is it regulates the messages that are are zipping back and forth between the brain and the heart so that they are smooth. Because what happens to us is we send mixed messages we feel like we've got our foot on the brake and our foot on the gas at the same time and so our brain and our heart are trying to figure out which we want to do but that's showing up in the irregular bits in our uh, physical side 
Yes. And interestingly enough, and you've probably seen this on your recoveries, your body's telling you everything that you need to know or at least need to investigate. It's just we're very unaware of how our body um, functions and the little pieces and parts of how it talks to each other. Example that you just said, you know, the brain and the heart can have, you know, basically a malfunction between one another. Now, what have you seen in, in your coaching has been a, a trend related to stress in either the symptoms or contributors? What have you been seeing? Well, I think the last few years where we've experienced a pandemic, a global pandemic, I think that has contributed to more challenge for many people. People have, I'm seeing more and more people who feel disconnected and that's creating internal stress in them. I think more people are beginning to realize that the stress that's showing up in their physical body really is another cause. And you you alluded to that. And I have evidence of that when I work with clients because we actually use a stress and well-being assessment to help us understand what stress looks like. And so stress is only, you know, it's not just a big, massive ball. We pick it apart and we look at physical stress. We look at relationship. We look at financial. We look at work, emotional stress, social support. And so those elements, what we see is that when we dial back the stress response, the physical body, the symptoms that were showing up in the physical body actually decrease as well, often very dramatically. So, you know, maybe people aren't sleeping well. And so our natural response for that is to choose an alternative that rather than necessarily look at the root. So I think that there's just, you know, I think there's a broader understanding of that. And when you say to people, well, you know, lack of sleep or erratic sleep may be related to the stress in your life, sometimes they're surprised by that. Yeah, it's it's interesting. I've seen that too, where they do not see the rhythm connection and they think that all these pieces are are not correlated, um, but they're, they're all correlated. The human being and body is, is meant for a 24-hour rhythm. And it's when we start pushing it to its limits that that gets a little bit more dysfunctional. Now, you mentioned something about, um, you know, disconnecting from each other and, and that isolation. Now, that's another disconnect. When I talk about that in workshops, people realize that they have been isolating themselves a lot more since the pandemic, and they got into this rhythm and this routine of not going places and connecting with people or being fearful to do so because of the pandemic situation. Now that we're kind of figuring out the new normal and, and being able to either return to work or hybrid or get out to community events again, what what tips do you have for the burnout community to help with that isolation? Because it is hard to get out of that funk. So when we're stressed, all of these emotions and experiences are amplified. So to really get to the bottom of, you know, social support, what I see happening is if we dial back the stress in people's lives, that 
what happens is social support is not perhaps as high as what they might have thought it would be. It may actually go down. So it's, I always see it like sometimes if we can just pull one thread, the others begin to unravel as well because we're, it's a cascade effect. So, you know, dialing back your own stress may change your perception of how much opportunity you have to connect with others. It's like when I talk to somebody about um, depleting and renewing emotions, if someone has been stressed for a long period of time or perhaps is burnt out, their perspective around depleting emotions is huge. And so having a conversation about what it is that might be renewing in their life is is a very short one because they they say there's nothing. And so we have to dig around a little bit and have a conversation and say, you know, do you have a dog? And they say, oh, yes, I love my dog. And so when you say, what's the best time of the day with your dog? Well, I love to take my dog for a walk. So then we say, so do you take the dog for a walk every day? Absolutely. Well, that's a renewing emotion, but we've kind of lost sight of that. And so when we can dial back the stress, we can actually see that some of those positives are actually in place. Yes. And I I love the walking the dog situation because there was a woman that I I was working with with a similar situation. Everything was dark and dire. You know, we've all been there where you just can't see the light anymore. And I I asked the same thing because her dog was barking in the background. I said, do you take him or her for a walk? And she said, yep. Yeah, I take I take him for a walk, you know, twice a day. I said, what do you do on your walks? And she's usually in conference calls or going through work emails. And I said, "Is, is there space in that 15 minute walk to not do that. And she said, what do you mean? I said, I, th- I think that might be a re-energizer, but you're missing out because you've muddied it. You've muddied it with chaos and distraction and obligations. So she, I said, just try it once. I'm not asking for a lot. One walk, one 15 minute walk. Don't bring, I mean, bring your phone for safety reasons, but no earbuds, just listen, you know, to everything around you. And she emailed me after and she said, complete difference complete difference of what she saw around her what she heard what she smelt what she felt what she said she swears her dog was smiling back at her uh, and it was just amazing when you get rid of all this excess and you focus on the things like you said that re-energize you and and she actually emailed me weeks later saying they actually go on like half hour or 45 minute walks now and she even gets up earlier to do it because it's just her favorite time of the day and uh we all know this world is busy and it will steal time if you don't protect it. So like you're saying, you have to peel these little threads to see where things are falling because we like to blame the employer or we like to blame all these kid activities and and parenting and family and friend drama, but we're really in control of all of those things. So if we have energizers, how are we utilizing them and protecting those activities with healthy boundaries, you know, like not taking a conference call, not doing emails so that they are re-energizing. And I guess, what do you see the correlation with the heart, the brain, the body with those re-energizers? I guess, why is this happening? Why does that happen? 
I think we're we're when we're born, we're born with a passion to live where we feel that love and appreciation we know that you know when a when a baby is next to the mom the heartbeats will sink so we know that there's that and i think our world depending on how we're nurtured and our experiences can make it more and more difficult for us to maintain that love and appreciation that's our inherent nature and i think you know i always look at stress as two in two two piles and so the stress that is outside of our control so could be the fact that we've experienced a pandemic or a natural disaster or you know policies and politics we don't necessarily have control over how that unfolds. If we don't have control over our holes, the answers are found inside, inside of us. So it's self-regulation, it's mindfulness, it's all of the tools that we use. If the stress is within our control, you know, whether it's our scheduling, whether it's time, whether it's, you know, who we surround ourselves with, then that stress, what we can do is we can create a plan. We can put, take some steps. So I think it's important to understand whether or not the stresses that you're experiencing are within your control. If they are, you can create a plan. If they're outside your control, then you have one job to do. And that's to figure out how to self-regulate inside because as much as we want, we don't have control over the situation. Absolutely. And I think the self-regulation is a majority of um, the older generations today are weren't trained on, uh, to tell you the truth. And I, I love seeing my kids come home with self-regulation tools and things that they're teaching me, like belly breathing. And, and you know, I didn't know anything about that. And, and, you know, my young elementary kids are teaching me that. And so they, they have incorporated that into schools as a tool to start self-regulation and um, speaking about and naming these emotions, which, again, is something that as adults, we're just learning about. Um, what I love about what you just said is the external and internal environments, because I think that sometimes when it's external, um, we think that we're the world is collapsing around us and, you know, we're failing. And if you're in that survivorship mode, almost like you want to have a panic or anxiety attack, that you're going to die. And uh, unless you're in an actual life or death situation, like an accident or maybe in the medical field, most of the people I work for are in the corporate workforce. If you don't answer that email within two hours, you will not die. And I have to remind people of that, that that's where self-regulation comes is, is to identify this over and over and over again about external and internal controls. And then what is actually a threat and what is not. You're making it up in your mind, right? We're, we're like beefing up these monsters in our, our mind. And that's what's causing some of those heightened body sensations. And um, certainly I get overwhelmed. I get, I sign on see all these emails and I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't even know where to start. And then I realize one at a time. And even if I don't get to all of them, I am fine. I am healthy. I am fine. 
I'm probably not so healthy if I let that get to me. So the self-regulation tools are super important. Well, Barb, one, well, we connected through your podcast, but if, if someone wanted to work with you, what type of services do you provide and, and how do they get started even using this heart math tool? So the first step that I always like to begin with is actually creating, having the client, the potential client complete an assessment. It's a self-assessment, takes about 10 minutes. And that assessment actually provides information about where we can start. What does it look like for them? And so I work with individuals, groups, and teams um, to help them build resilience. And so the solutions look different for each organization. You know, no, uh, no two organizations are you know, exactly the same. So I really want to make a customized approach for the clients and the organizations because that's that's where we're going to find the most success. So on my website, there is a link there to connect with me. I have shared with you some other ways for people to reach out to me. And I'm happy to do a call to get somebody started on the journey to just have a conversation to see if uh, if the tools that I use that work for me might be a good fit for them. Absolutely. And just because I know some of my listeners are in the workforce, share with your HR person this episode, share with um, your analytical friends and analytical departments. Because when I saw this tool and I took the assessment with Barb to just explore what this tool is about, I was just shocked at the data points and it really puts it in perspective clear as day uh, where you need to start and it's it's your body speaking to you but it's through data so uh, like barb said go visit her website it will be in the show notes and start exploring i know you're not lazy most people in burnout are high performers those serving others before themselves don't discount the step today the step in which you focus on your self-growth piecing together the puzzle has had the journey Rediscovering energy through new actions and habits is the other. Do not underestimate the strength in your actions and the beast to do hard things that lies within you. Check out more burnout resources on my website to move from zombie mode back to liveliness. See you soon.